Hello, reindeer. Hello, snowman. Hello, Santa. Happy holidays. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Shut up, podcast. Number 52, I think. 52, 53, something like that. We'll figure it out. Uh, all right, guys. Been a while. Welcome back. Shadow Podcast. Figured it's time. Maybe we'd point out before Christmas here. I know it's been, uh, I think the last one was November 30th. Uh, and I think that was me on my uh, comeback to Mexico, which, by the way, I'm still buzzing about. I loved it. Uh, if you're not sure what happened or you're curious, what do you mean, Jay? Make sure you check out the last episode. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, obviously, um, there just hasn't been too many fights as of late. Uh, not a lot of news. So that's why I just haven't had a lot of podcasts out. And I've posted a few things as well. You, there's Obviously, I'm looking at maybe changing the direction. Now that it's just myself, um, for the most part, on the podcast, I'm um, just looking at a, a slight change of direction or, or you know, it was it was easy. When you have somebody there every day, especially when you've been with them beside each other doing the same thing pretty much for like, you know, over 15 years, uh, it's easy to just sit down and talk fights. But now I got to fill in my own silence. <laughs> but uh, but it's all good. It, it just means uh, uh, how do I make it? How do I make it work the way that it, it it's not awkward, right? So so we're getting there. Uh, anyway, um, so that's why I'm I'm still planning on keeping them like you know once a week or more. To be honest, I'd love, but uh, there just hasn't been. While there's a bit of a change, obviously in direction for the podcast, and there just hasn't been a lot of fights, and I've been busy with Christmas stuff, uh, and closing down the gym for the year. It's uh, it's just been tough. Real life getting in the way. So speaking of which, obviously you guys have seen. Oh, before we get there, listen, I was going to write you a haiku today for my five stars. Uh, I just didn't have time. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> so uh, I forget I forget the actual, I don't know, I'll have to save it for the next one. Listen, don't no four stars though. That's for, you know, terrible podcasts. Five stars, make sure you hit us with a five star rating. Make sure you, uh, you know, what are, you know, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share, that's such a big one. Obviously, make sure you share. If you like the podcast... Send it to somebody else, some other fight nerd who thinks uh, who you think that might like it as well. Uh, so obviously, as I was saying, guys, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna move to video. Now I'm still gonna do audio, but if you look at like Joe Rogan's podcast, there's a uh, you know you can listen or you can watch, and it just goes on Spotify. So I'm I'm gonna do the same, I think. But I was also thinking about maybe hitting up some YouTube, um, you know, short. So they don't have to be. The podcast tends to be about an hour long. But they don't always have to be that way. I still want to do fighter interviews, by the way. Fighters and, and you know, coaches and, and all, any any longtime martial artists are usually tend to be my favorite, but uh, just because I'm one of them. But uh, if you are, uh, if you're like, oh man, I don't want to be on camera. No worries, none of this is live. And uh, then let's just do an audio one. I'm still happy to do audio podcasts. I still would love to keep them an hour. However, maybe we're gonna do. Uh, some little shorts. That's what I was thinking of calling them. Shout out shorts, uh, maybe on YouTube or something. So, uh, but anyway, that's for me to figure out. But just uh, let, let my fans know that the direction we're going. We're gonna try to make this on video. By the way, a while ago, I think it was Kieran on Kieran Kettle on, if not the last podcast, the one before, uh, said it's an audio podcast because uh, uh, or I have a face for radio. Well, listen, that's changing, pal. About to have a face for TV. So, there you go. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, guys, Christmas plans. Uh, listen, last week I took my family, or my, my wife actually took myself and our family out to Banff, uh, which is just to, to Western Canada on the Rocky Mountains there. It was beautiful. It was freezing cold. I thought it would be packed. There was nobody out there. I was really surprised. Uh, so it was awesome, man. We went up the gondola, it froze, of course, and, you know, Santa and all that good stuff. So, uh, pretty cool place. I love going out to Banff. I must have been there hundreds of times, and uh, just awesome. It's so, I, I do sometimes forget that the Rocky Mountains, you know, I watch something like Planet Earth, and then, uh, you know, they talk about the uh, the beautiful Rocky Mountains. And uh, I'm like, ah, oh, shut up, man. I can see those from my house. But I sometimes just forget, like, yeah, those are... You know, those are sought after around the world, and it's right in my backyard. So so I love going out. Summer, fall, winter, didn't matter. I loved it. I love going up to Banff. Um, all right, guys, other than that, let's talk about uh, what we got coming up. So some episodes. Now, it is getting close to Christmas. I can't make any guarantees. I am talking to these chaps. Maybe I'll uh, have to remind them one more time here. But I'm hoping to maybe have Derek or Tim, Tim Lowe, or uh, Derek Jolivet from uh, uh, Rashido Lumpayu in Sherwood Park, uh, it's going to have to like literally be like Boxing Day or the 27th. I know that's family time, but I'm coming up to their town. And uh, if there's enough room for the three of us, then um, maybe I'd love to be able to do a podcast. But maybe not. Who knows? Uh, I'm also talking as well. I know I've been in contact with Cody Jerome. Um, I definitely want to do a podcast with him. Uh, we talked to Brad Wall, of course, so I'm hoping to have him in the future. Just timelines are going to have to coordinate as well as traffic you know to drive down there in the winter time can sometimes be uh an interesting an interesting event um abdul abdul wafar who is going to turn pro and puts his name in the hat for the road to one i'm trying to coordinate something with him as well as well as getting some boxing calgary has some there's a lot of things going on with boxing around here in, in calgary where i'm at anyway so I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to break into that world a little bit. This is a although I'm obviously a Muay Thai fanatic, and this tends to be a Muay Thai kickboxing heavy show. I'm a combat sports fan. I love boxing. I love MMA. Uh, you know, I love Muay Thai. So so I'm hoping to break into that world a little bit. Um, all right, guys, what have I been up to? What I've been watching? Well, we'll talk about it. It's Friday, you know, 11 a.m. right now while I'm recording this. Uh, the big rematch of. Danny Rodriguez versus Jadwicha Por Bunsit. Uh, um, anyway, uh, sorry. That uh, I, I man, I've been looking looking forward to this one for a long time. Since, well, their last one wasn't that long, so I guess you know since then. But I wasn't really sure on the how this works anyway. And we're gonna break this down the, the Rajid Emerald World Series, or at least as best as I can anyway. Uh. Anyway, I've been watching both these guys train. I've been, I've been watching them their previous fights. Uh, Danny Rodriguez obviously is undefeated, um, the thirteenth, I believe, and I have some stats on him as well. Thirteenth only uh, uh, non-Thai Rajadhanran Stadium champ, and uh, obviously a big upset, you know, on when you look at it on paper versus uh, Yarwicha, who's sort of one of the greats of our era. <clears throat> So it was really cool to uh, uh, be excited for this one. And boy, was I in it. And I watched it this morning. We'll talk about it. We'll break it down. Um, as well as obviously the uh, uh, the whole thing itself. Uh, real quick before we move on, I also want to let, let you know, guys, I, all these stats I come up with, um, this is all from like Google research, you know, Wikipedia, just things I tend to find on uh, their Instagram pages or a Instagram page or whatever. So if I, if I get a stat wrong... 
yell at your Googler, because that's who I got it from, all right? So relax. <laughs> but so, so, yeah, for the most part, I just want you to know, I'm going I'm to give credit, obviously, where I can, the websites, the Instagrams, and all that good stuff. But for the most part, you know, 99% of this is just getting on the old Googler, doing the research. So, all right, guys, podcast 52, let's get into it. Go! Shadow Podcast, number 52. Just your boy in the house, Jay, today. I uh, want to give everybody a Merry Christmas R- right off the bat. If you celebrate uh, Christmas, Merry Christmas. If not, enjoy the holidays and the spirit of the holidays. I mean, if anything, uh, whether you're you're religious or not, uh, the spirit of the holidays is something we could all get involved in, especially right now. So... Uh, Enjoy it. Spread the the good old cheer of Christmas and the uh, and the holidays, and enjoy the time off and live in the now. And like, listen, let's be real. I'm talking to myself now. Live in the now and enjoy the time off, and don't worry about the time. So, uh, if that sounds like that's something that you enjoy, I like the food. I like a little bit of rum and eggnog, and uh, you know, I just like the time off and being lazy. That's that's Christmas for me, and and, and being happy with, with those with uh, happy with those that I love. So, I hope you guys are in the same boat. All right, let's get to it. Uh, First off, let's talk uh, Muay Thai around the scene here. I want to try to keep the Canadian content, of course, at the foremost of this thing. Uh, So, Canada, oh my goodness, we just had something announced. We had uh, a Muay Thai matchup happening. So, it's uh, from Fight Night, Fight Night 15, I believe, Z Promotions down in Medicine Hat. And this is January 21st in the new year here, 2023. Uh, Shane Campbell is going to be fighting Cody Jerome. Woo! my goodness now these two have sort of been circling the wagon here for a little bit and uh uh looks like finally this matchup's gonna go so uh real quick so shane campbell 35 years old six foot uh 154 he usually fights in the 154 now to 160 division this is a title fight i believe at 160 pounds uh kickboxing muay thai record is 62 wins nine losses and 14 ko's his MMA record, 23 wins, 8 losses with 15 finishes. And he trains out of uh, House of Champions or, uh, or Iron Tiger, I believe it's called. Or, and that's in Stony Creek, if I got that right, in Ontario. Under crew Allen. Uh, Toshido MMA as well in Kelowna. I've seen him train out there. And I think in Edmonton. I know he, he kind of uh, travels around training. so uh, But I, I definitely see him in those spots. Uh, Shane Campbell's a three-time Muay Thai world champ. Three-time North American Muay Thai champ. Two-time Canadian champ, unified MMA champ, uh, three-time defending, I believe, as well as the AFC champ. So this guy's no stranger, uh, no stranger to fighting. Obviously, uh, in MMA, he's fat. He's fat. <coughs> fought uh, Matt Krakow, who obviously friend of the show, uh, Mister uh, Zach Manywounds, uh, who obviously has very high claim for as like one of the best he's ever seen, uh, and Derek Boyle. And now, for those who remember, oh, there was a while ago, I don't know how many years ago now, that uh, Shane Campbell, he's had a couple of sort of viral videos here, but he uh, he punched, I'm sure it was a punch, he punched Derek Boyle in the body, and he kind of crumpled from the body shot, and Shane totally hit him with a Hadouken, you know, like a fireball from from a Street Fighter. And uh, boy, that made its rounds, that was pretty sweet. Uh, he's fought John McDessie, Eric Koch, you know, these guys, these were some, some very good names in the UFC. So he had a good stint there. 
uh, kickboxing in the Muay Thai area. Enrico Kell, who you know is no stranger to uh, you know absolute wars at the top of the top, uh, whether it be in one championship or around the world. Justin Gershowitz, who is a, a North American Muay Thai standout uh, and champion as well, who's fought you know the best of the best, Liam Harrison included. Uh, Sean McKinnon from Calgary, who trained at Team Smanich, who again was one of the best this country's ever produced. Remy Bonnell from the U.S., who fought Trevor Smanich, again, very good fighter. Troy Sheardin, training partner of, uh, oh boy, sorry. <laughs> Bazooka Joe, sorry about, sorry about that, Valentini. Sorry, Joe, I, I, I'm sorry, man, didn't mean to forget there. Uh, Dimitri Valent, who has fought, I believe, like Bolkow, he's just, you know, an absolute monster from, uh, obviously, sort of Eastern Europe. Chris Nagimbi. Uh, who was a kickboxing phenom, you know, 10 years ago or so. And, of course, Canada's own Trevor Smandich. Uh Now, okay, great. Those names are great and everything, and I'm, gl- I'm glad I could bring you those names. But i got to be real with you. Um, and here's what I'd like to think I can kind of actually bring to the show. When I think of Shane Campbell, man, first thing I think of is this guy has been fighting for decades, a long, long time. And it's not that he's old either. He started fighting quite young. And, uh, man, he's done it all. He's fought everywhere. He's fought everyone. And uh, I remember, too, that uh, he was even lined up a long time ago to fight uh, Lam Song Kram, Chu Watana, who obviously, you know, is an absolute killer. He's on all the videos you see. Uh, he trains a lot at a Diaz Combat Sports now, and I believe AKA Thailand. Uh, but there's lots of video of him from Tiger Muay Thai uh, for those, like, the team tryouts, just punishing people. And uh, I just recently even put up a thing of uh, Lam Song Kram of, uh, dude, he just he's just so mean in the ring. Like, you know, he didn't, I mean, of course he was the Muay Thai, did his thing, but you could just tell the way he fought. He tried to hurt people. It wasn't just about, like, get your points and do your thing. And, you know, he tried to hurt people. Uh, so I was pretty stoked. My man, Shane's going to fight that guy. Anyway, I, it, it didn't happen, but uh, Shane Campbell, man, I'm sure even to this day, but I'm talking, you know, like in the early 2005, 06, you know, 2010, that kind of thing. Fighting Shaolin Shane Campbell then struck fear in people like, oh, shit, man, you're going to fight Shane Campbell? What are you thinking? And uh, I still wonder if, uh, I still think people feel that way, except maybe not his opponent, Cody Jerome. So Cody Jerome, 25 years old, uh, he's now the three-time defending WBC uh, Canadian super welterweight champ at 154 pounds, who's also put his name in, oh, wait a minute, who also just put his name in, just thought of something, at... uh, uh, for the road to one championship as well, so he's in there now. There's one. There's one name left over. Uh, I don't know if they they're just like holding the name, but hey, I wonder if Shane could take that spot. Here we go. Hey, Jason, hey, thinking on his toes. Uh, Cody Jerome, 25 years old. So, like I said, three-time defending WBC Canadian champ, eight wins, one loss uh, from Lethbridge, Alberta, and uh, his he's coached under Crew Brad Wall, who we've also had on the show as well. Uh, and which was a great podcast. It was cool. These guys are all from my era. You know, like uh, Kieran Kettle has said on a few podcasts um, that the fighters are now the coaches, right? So all these kind of coaches we're seeing with, with these standout students, now those are the guys from and women from my era. So so I, I, I love speaking to them because I lived in the exact same time frame. 
Uh, and like I said, I'm trying to get Cody on the podcast as well. Um, now, listen, I, I don't have as press as as a sh- long sheet to say about Cody as I do uh, Shane. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, let's be real. Shane, I mean, no father time is undefeated. Shane is on definitely on the backside of his career. That doesn't mean he's not a bad dude and can't fight the best in the world. He definitely can. He's, he's you know, only 36. But, uh, uh, you know, there, there's not a long, there's not many fighters at the tip of the spear at that beyond that age. Uh, Cody Jerome, right in his prime and making absolute waves right now. Uh, at least in Canada, I mean, he's just starching everybody. There's nobody's coming close to beating Cody. Quinn Quinn uh, Waslick had a pretty good run at it, uh, but it's just it's it's like it's like Cody Jerome. I guess when he feels like, um, listen, I, I'm sure this isn't what it is. It's just what it looks like. When you start getting a bit of confidence, Cody goes, "Okay, I'm just gonna kick it up a few more gears here." Like it's like he wants you to. He wants you to think like, hey, man, I can do this. Like, he wants to give you hope and then just crush it. Like, dude, what a savage. What a, what a mean guy. <laughs> uh, I, I think this is an, a great fight. Uh, oh, boy, a prediction. I don't have one yet. But listen, we'll do a couple more podcasts here. Maybe one more. Uh, we might hit one more podcast before the end of the year. I was thinking, uh, you know, a best of, you know, break down the year from my point of view, the best of my year. I also want, I think I'm going to do also uh, my top 10 favorite fighting games. But anyway, we'll we'll save that for for the holidays. But into the new year here, obviously we have a few things to talk about. So, and, and, and fights to break down one championship, blah, 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 including this one. So let me, let me spend some time here. Because here's, here's my thoughts is when you look on paper, you go, oh, well, my money's on Shane. He's got the experience, the longevity. Uh, uh, when you look at the, the the men he's beat in his career, don't disagree. But Cody on the up and up, and like I said, who's really nobody around here has been able to challenge him at this point. Uh, this is maybe this is the time for this. You know, um, a good. It's definitely a test for Cody, uh, without a doubt. It, it it's a hard test, uh, but. But let me tell you, man, if he can take that scalp of Shane Campbell, that's uh that's that's something else, man. That that's definitely one that you're going to uh hail up high and show everyone. And obviously Shane's not gonna give it to you. He you know. So So that's what I see, man. I Shane is still super dangerous and just has all the experience with all the weapons. I mean, that's why this guy keeps going viral. You keep seeing this crazy stuff he does i mean he puts dudes in arm bars and then like does like upside down soccer kicks while he's hanging in the air like you know his hadouken and just he's awesome man so i will give you a prediction but i think that's a great fight and uh i'm happy that it's coming to fruition and it'll be in medicine hat uh z z fight night or z promotions fight night. i can't remember sorry uh, uh, i just have it i have it written down here let me get it right let me get it right um, Fight Night 15 by Z Promotions. Medicine Hat, January 21st, 2023 in Medicine Hat. And I do think, uh, from what I hear, you get to watch that, or we can watch that on the Fight Network. Um, awesome. I, I, I saw the rest of the fight card. No offense to anyone else. Just not too familiar with those names. But holy shnikes, do I know that one. Uh, okay. Also, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Eric Rocha here. Eric, uh, obviously, I follow him on Instagram. Listen, if you're Canadian and you have a good Instagram and I follow you... Uh, Again, Canadian content first. I want to shout out to my countrymen and women 
uh, before anything else. And uh, Eric clearly has been out there and very good social media savvy. Had a boy, uh, had a fight in Malaysia on December 17th, Rentap Fighting Championship. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but like me, I'm like, how the hell did you come about this opportunity? <laughs> so I did send Eric a message and said, hey, man, do you mind? I, I want to give you a shout out. You know, this is cool. Uh, you know, you're, you're fighting somewhere else. Never never heard about this. If you got a sec, I see that you won. Break it down for us. So, uh, so yeah, Rentap fight, uh, fight Championship. And uh, this fight was under his coach. Uh, shout out to Romel Oliveros from uh, Milton Muay Thai, the man over there from Milton Muay Thai. Uh, fan of the show, by the way. I really appreciate that. Thanks. Um, I guess he's friends of the, the owner of uh, Rentap, uh, from what I recall, from what I read. I apologize if I got it wrong. And uh, obviously, Eric and Kyle, that fight was supposed to go in the last Muay Thai World Cup. Didn't happen. And uh, Kyle was like, well, I mean, Eric, I apologize. Eric was like, well, geez, man, I, you know, I'm, I was ready. I'm in shape or, and all that good stuff. And the stars aligned. And so he got a opportunity to go down to uh, Malaysia to fight just before Christmas. So that's pretty cool. Definitely said the training was hard. They started with a 12-kilometer run every morning. So why do 10 when you can do 12, right? Seven-minute abs, six-minute abs. I don't know if anybody got that reference, but uh, boy, that that's a good way to start training, hey? A 12, uh, 12 kilometer run in the morning, and uh, yeah, just he said he fought a a, a well known local fighter who was quite good, and uh, um, you know, Eric being himself, just said I kept it fairly aggressive, but tried to keep it smart this time. This guy was trying to elbow my head off, so I wanted to play it smart. And um, just kind of near the end of the fight, he was saying, uh, you know, I felt like I was comfortably winning. So I tried to, you know, sit back slightly, but he wasn't having it. So Eric poured it on and comes home with a, as you can see, the nice trophy and a nice big smile. So congratulations to uh, uh, Eric Rocha, who again, man, I, I need to get him on here. So, and again, I, I know Eric, <clears throat> obviously I got to commentate with Eric once. Uh, and I've, we got to some fight in Mexico, the same fight event that I was part of, uh, in Merida there, uh, and obviously fighting in Calgary. So, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Eric just as a, as a dude, as a, everything His social media is awesome as a fighter. So, uh, happy to give a shout out to Eric, Eric Rocha and his win down, uh, out in Malaysia. Congrats, sir. Uh, February 18th, Muay Thai World Cup juniors having their first show. So this will be uh, February 18th, 2023 at Vision Sports Center in Calgary. Uh, and this is for uh, youth under 18, under 18. I didn't say under 19 or you look, you're 24, but you look 17. <clears throat> under 18. And I do believe that there's a WBC Canadian title fight here. I could be wrong, but uh, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll, somebody will inform me. Uh, I do see that there's already some juniors making some names I see on social media here that, that things are starting to happen. Uh, and boy, I got to tell you, this is awesome. Um, let's, let's, let's rewind five years. Let's call it six years. Kids watch, you know, especially from their parents and all that stuff, you know, watch the UFC, you know, now watch, uh, shit, even before this event coming up, look at all the previous events. They're coming to these events, the Muay Thai World Cups, the uh, Muay Thai Nados and, and these events. And they're like, man, look at, look at this platform. You know, I, I'd love to be part of that, but you know, I got to wait, you know, uh, 300 years in their, in their, in their minds. Right. And, uh, anyway, so it's, it's here for them. Like here, here we are. And, uh, you're, you're, you're getting your own platform and 
shout out to Kyle Messenger and Tina Foss as well, who's uh, obviously a, a giant reason for the Muay Thai World Cup, by the way. Shout out to Tina. Um, she kind of keeps herself quiet behind the scenes, and, and that's okay. God bless you. But uh, my goodness, you need a good shout out. Uh, so anyway, Vision Sports Center. Uh, now, if you want more details, obviously you can contact the promoter himself, Kyle Messenger, through Instagram or whatever. Uh, also, make sure you sort of go back and re-download <clears throat> the Shout Out Podcast, episode 44, where we spend a good long time talking about this, and as well as the, the expectations of, you know, that's cool and everything to say you want to be a fighter, but now here's the expectations that go into it if you want to go somewhere with it. And, uh, you know, that was really broken down. So uh, I see that Lump has got a few, a few fighters uh, in Calgary here under Chris McMillan that are uh, getting ready, geared up to fight. Uh, I see Dunamis is involved, obviously elite. So things are starting to come up and uh, uh, they're starting to make waves here. So I want to give them a push. And I'm, I'm super stoked. I, uh, I'm really excited. Coming off the, the WBC Youth World Championships, um, I know we talked about it. I know Canada didn't per se have a great showing, but I also think that that was probably a good kick in the ass and an understanding not just an understanding, but building of an excitement. Like, okay, okay, we, we sort of get it, you know. And uh, as fully expected, it, when you do things like that, it just levels everybody up. And I, I think we're going to see that in February. And I think the crowd's going to be awesome too. That's that's really what I'm looking forward to. Uh, so again, Muay Thai World Cup Juniors, their first show, February 18th, 2023, uh, Vision Sports Center. Uh, I believe... You can maybe check MuayThaiWorldCup.com for more information, but get a hold of Kyle Messenger and make sure you listen to episode 44. All right, Nongo, speaking of the Muay Thai World Cup, Muay Thai World Cup and Mr. Kieran Kittle bringing the uh, the legendary Nongo Gayangadao seminar to Calgary. What? Who the hell ever thought this guy would come here? Saturday, February 25th, 2 till 4 p.m., also at Vision Sports Center. It's $130 before January 1st. Uh, or $150 after. So obviously I'll get this out today for you guys. Uh, um, so you hopefully can take advantage of the early bird special. You give somebody a little Christmas gift. Because uh, who the heck wouldn't want to go to this? Um, now, if you're a fan of the show, now I know he's been on fighting a one championship and fought Liam Harrison and stuff, but I have been riding this guy's nuts for a while. I consistently have said that I think he belongs on the all-time great list. And uh, believe me, as a Muay Thai nut hugger, that list is huge. I, pr- I pretty much think if you were a name in the golden era, then you're an all-time great. But, uh, but when you start thinking of the, the, recent, the recent fighters, recent-ish fighters, um, you know, do they, have to be, do they have to be from the 90s to be considered all-time greats? Obviously not. When you look at guys like Sanchai and, uh, you know, Singdam and, in my opinion, Nong Oh. Couple things here about Nongo. Let me help. Let me help. I'm excited. Um, let me help you. So first of all, he's become very popular. Let me have a quick sip of coffee here. Uh, okay. Um, I've been. Uh, N- uh, Nongo has become very popular in the last couple of years. It's about time. It's about time. You know. Now he took a long time off of fighting, and and he explains that you can check it out on one championship, lost motivation, and and blah 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 blah. I get it, but. Um, uh, but it's, I, it's, I'm, I'm just happy to see that he's finally getting these, the, the popularity that he deserves. So he's 36 years old and we just talked about Shane Campbell. Like, listen, there's, 
the reality is there's not a lot of life left after that age. I'm not saying that there isn't life, but just not a lot. Five foot seven, 145 pounds, uh, 264 wins, 54 losses, and 10 draws. That is some record. Seven division champion, seven different divisions, that is. Two-time Thailand champion, three-time Lumpini champion, Rajadamnarn Stadium champion, and... I mean, uh, when you, always when you talk about the mecca of Muay Thai, Rajadamnarn Stadium, Lumpini Stadium, we, we you know we, fans tend to always kind of think of that as uh, the top of the top, and I'm not saying I disagree. But let's be real. When you hear six-time defending one championship champion, wow. Because you got to remember, these are in little gloves, and... And if you're if you're a champ, you're you know you're fighting the tip of the spear in one championship. For the I mean, sometimes there's some weird fights, but I gotta tell you, six time defending champion, one championship champ is uh, it's kind of weird to say, huh? Uh, oof, that's crazy. And uh, he's gonna fight Alaverdi Ramazanov here, uh, um, in January, and I'll break down that in the new year as well, but. <clears throat> Um, I assume we'll call that seven. I, I assume he starches him, but we'll break that down later. Uh, so along with those stats, as we, as we just talked about, Nongo has fought, check this out. So Pet Bunchu, uh, F, uh, FA group. I'm sorry. Yeah. Pet Bunchu is considered the most decorated fighter of all time. He's fought Pet Bunchu seven times. Singdam Kiat Mukao, who... If he's not retired, probably should, you know, he's around there. He, he again, slightly getting older, been had some, unfortunately, on the receiving end, fairly recently, some good knockouts, spinning hook kick knockouts, two of them, I think. But Singdam is, he's like, he's from Kiat Mukau, so you know he's a kicker, right? Right kick, right kick, right kick, crazy. But, but I, I got to tell you, when I think of kickers, right, you know, who's, who, left kickers kind of have their own category. When I think of right kickers, I put Singdam in there. Uh, and he, you know, he's a legend. He fought, Nongo has fought Singdam Kiat Mukau 12 times, winning six, losing five, and one draw. Like, what a, what a, uh, what, you know, what would you call that? What a legacy <clears throat> fight between those two. I'll tell you what, when they get, you see some of these old guys with their giant beer bellies or whiskey bellies, <laughs> you know, when they're 60 years old and God bless them having these fights, these legendary fights in Thailand. I'll tell you what, let's, let's wait 20 years and let's have Singdam and, uh, uh, Singdam Kiat Mukau and Nongo Gangadao give her one more time. Cause that, that, like, listen, that doesn't get really much closer besides having it be six and six, six, five and one. Uh, anyway. Pepun Chu seven times, Singdem 12 times, Sanchai five times. Now, I remember in a podcast a long time ago that we were, me and Chris were certain that Nongo has beat Sanchai, but I got to be honest, I can't find it. So as far as I can tell, uh, and please, somebody send me a message if I'm, if I'm wrong. Uh, uh, Sanchai has beat him all five times. He's fought uh, Sagadao, um, you know, three times, who, who again, uh, is an absolute legend of, and quite quiet. I don't know if he really fights anymore, but I can tell you that uh, there was going to be a professional tournament in Calgary here with Nate Smandich, a North American tournament. Dude, it had some great people. Matt Embry, Justin Gershwitz, Nate Smandich, I believe. Uh, was that the one with 
Shane Campbell, no. Oh, uh, Josh Palmer, uh, now from the in the UK, but at the time I think, or maybe uh, now in the UK. Uh, boy, I'm trying to. I'm having to go back a few years here, but Kevin Ross was involved. Anyway, so obviously at the time Kevin Ross was sort of uh, the man in North American Muay Thai, and I'm sure that that raised an eyebrow, like, oh boy, we're gonna have to fight him. The problem is, uh, Kevin Ross had a fight against uh, Saget Dao in I can't remember, maybe California, maybe Lion Fight. And Kevin Ross just got, it looked like he got into a fight with a Muay Thai Edward Scissorhands. His face was just ripped apart. Uh, and so he couldn't, he couldn't be part of the tournament. And uh, e- even then, I was a newish enough fan that I was aware of both fighters, but I, same thing, I was like, oh, Kevin Ross is a bad dude. And then when I saw what uh, Sagadao did to uh, Kevin Ross, I just couldn't believe it. Oh, my God. God, who is this man? Anyway, find a little research and you go, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Anyway, let's keep talking about Nong Oh. <clears throat> uh, he's fought Pacorn four times. Hold on a sec. For those who don't know Pacorn, <laughs> he's a, obviously he's a, you know Mr. Entertainment himself and has a great mustache. But just check out um, uh, Pacorn versus Porn Sene, especially round four. It's just madness. Uh, speaking of which, he's fought Porn Sene Sitmonchai. He's beat Fabio Pinka. He's beat Mehdi Zatut. He's beat Lerd Silla. He's beat legendary Orono. He's beat legendary Anuat Keu Samrit. Nong O. Like, he's he's in the name. He's the, All those names are intermixed with each other. You know what I mean? Pet Boon Chu has fought all these guys. You know, uh, they've all fought each other, and, and they're the best of the best. And uh, unreal. Unreal. So... It, for me, man, Nong O coming to Calgary. I'll tell you what, though, when you do talk about Nong O and Senshai, Senshai did knock out Nong O beautifully. Um, obviously, not show, throwing any shade at Nong O. It is what it is, but but it, it is was a good knockout. Uh, I'm really excited. Nong O brings a different style of Thai style Muay Thai with little gloves and uh, speaks very good English. So I'm very uh, curious what we get to learn. At the Nongo seminar, so that's coming up. I'm really excited for that. All right, s- staying on the same track here with the Muay Thai World Cup. Obviously, the last seminar, uh, and speaking of which, last seminar, Damien Trainer was awesome one. It'll be at the same place as well. Uh, okay, Muay Thai World Cup. Uh, so the uh, road to one has obviously been announced. We see the divisions and fight matchups have been made. Uh, again, I'm not going to do this this year. Let's wait till next year, and we'll we'll start breaking this down. It's exciting to talk about. But if I talk about it now, what are we going to talk about when we get closer to the fights? So I also love watching social media. I just, uh, how I get excited for all these fights is uh, I love to play the drama in my head. Like um, if I see somebody, so I mean, fighters, I don't know if anybody else does this, but here's here's what I do. So just be aware. Uh I, I just see your, I, I watch your, so I look for patterns, you know what I mean? If I see your social media is generally kind of the same, but then it changes. I always kind of take note, like, oh, are they getting serious? Or, you know, I, 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 I notice if you're changing or training lots at other gyms or who's coming to visit you and uh, uh, look for patterns in videos. Are we, are we only working left side stuff? Or, uh, you know, I, I, I like to do that. And so what happens is I just get myself hyped up for these things. Uh I buy into the videos and the information that you give me. I take that and I run with it. 
Because Instagram is real life, right? Everything you see on Instagram is exactly how life goes, right? So uh, so I'll make these predictions as we get closer. But I, I definitely want to see people train and hear them talk and, and hear the rumors and all that kind of stuff. Or even interact with them and uh, before fight time. On that same subject, I do get some fighters who interact with me on the shout-out Instagram page, which is great. I want you to know that for those involved in the tournament, because some people do talk to me, I'm happy to interact with you, but I will keep that between you and me. All right. So if, uh, you know, Harvey farts goes, Oh, I heard that Joe blow this, that, and you know, I'm going to do this, that. And I go, Oh yeah, great, great. And I go, Hey, Joe blow. Guess what? Uh, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. That's not what I'm going to do. So just understand that if, if you do want to chat or have a little thing to say, it definitely stays between us. Um, because that's the kind of person I am. Uh, okay, but so along with that, with the the road to <clears throat> road to one here happening in Calgary, and what we hear is March. Uh, um, the interviews, interviews have been coming out here, so I've been seeing like Instagram takeovers and interviews with Kieran talking about some of the fighters. Uh, so listen, get involved with this too. Ask questions. I I do. Uh, I just any question that I, that sort of pops into my head is is what I'll ask during these uh, little Instagram interviews. So they're starting in, uh, <clears throat> I know we think March, oh, it's March, it's March. But here's the reality, we're going to get into January. It's going to be, uh, you know, post-Christmas into the new year, whatever, whatever, we get back into our routine. Next thing you know, it's going to be the end of January. And you're going to, holy Jesus, okay, oh, February's right around the corner. Then it's February 1st, and you're going to go, holy shit, the fights are next month. Like, it's going to come fast. So, uh, you know, get, get involved. Let's, I can, you know, I promise it's going to come faster than we think. If you think about it, right when we come back from the holidays, we're two months away, you know, it's January, February, March, it's going to come real fast. So, uh, get involved, check out these interviews. And again, it's the 125 pound women's division and 145 and 55 pound men's division. The matchups are already on there. You can see them uh, and we'll break them down, but you can see what they are right now. Uh, and of course I got to be honest with you, uh, uh, Abdu and Jake, dude, dude, I want that fight so bad. It totally sucks. It's first round that easily could be a final, but, uh, uh that I gotta be honest, that one side of the bracket is hard as nails to, to gonna have to get through, but, uh, uh, woo, can't wait road to one, uh, get involved guys, get involved. It's going to come quick. Uh, okay. That's it. As far as I really have for Canadian content, for the most part, that I follow. Anyway, listen, I, I don't make any money off this thing. Uh, maybe down the road, we'll see. But in the meantime, uh, this is just a, a hobby for me. So I, I still got to live my life and do my stuff. So if you're like, hey, uh, I had a fight in this place. I'm like, well, well, listen, man, uh, send me a message for, for God's sakes or anything like that. Like, I'm, I'm, I want to push anything Canadian, uh, you know, Canadian fighters and all that stuff. I want you to come first. Any Any asshole can talk about the UFC. I want to talk about our people, what we're doing first, and then we can branch out. So in saying that, let's talk about, I, I've taken a massive interest, and I appreciate my boy, my uh, my ex, ex-partner, Chris McMillan. I didn't say that with anger, but just a little bit. I miss you, buddy. <laughs> uh, but he, he brought something to my attention. We were kind of talking about the Rajadamnorm World Series, and we just sort of like, you know, gee, I don't really know what, what the hell's going on with this. Like, I don't even understand, really. What's going on with this thing? And Chris went, well, yeah, man, maybe take a deep dive into that. And I was like, that's a great idea. 
because I was already kind of sniffing around like I'm seeing some of the fights I'm seeing ton of highlights I'm seeing lots of blood you know I'm seeing the names as well like wh what's what the hell's going on here so I did a, a little bit of research um, as far as I could so first of all let's talk about Rajademnarn Stadium now Rajademnarn Instagram itself uh, calls it the world's first Muay Thai stadium so first Muay Thai stadium in the world obviously you know um, I'm I'm such a purist and like an, I'm, as especially as I get older, you know the old school, the old school. So if I got to be real, we would you know most people sort of say Lumpini Stadium and Rajadamnarn are the mecca, but I hope Rajadamnarn doesn't turn this way. But Lumpini doesn't feel the same. So I'm gonna say Rajadamnarn is the mecca, but obviously I mean don't I'm not no disrespect to Lumpini, but uh, those are obviously the the the. The Mecca, right, of, of Muay Thai. So, um, the first brick for Rajadamnarn Stadium was placed March 1st in 1941 in the same place that it's standing right now. It hasn't moved, uh, unlike Lumpini. Uh, construction did have to stop in, during World War II. Uh, there just wasn't enough building supplies, like I think like metal kind of thing. There just wasn't enough supplies, building materials uh, to continue the project. So, they had to put a halt on it during World War II. And then they completed it. And they didn't like the idea of an open roof, so they did some renovations. So the completion of Rajadamnarn Stadium was in 1951, December 23rd. Happy birthday, Rajadamnarn Stadium. Listen, that wasn't even planned. I had It wasn't until I, I was kind of writing some of these facts down. I was like, no shit, that's 71 years ago. 71 years. Happy, happy 71st birthday, Rajadamnarn Stadium. Uh... Now, uh, as you can see, Rajademnarn Stadium still looks, a, it now looks a little bit different. I mean, obviously, uh, man, they've done some rebranding. They have, they have the Thai, they have the English, the, you know, the RWS. They, they've really encompassed the circle. I know that was a big thing. Rajademnarn Stadium is a circle. They really wanted to encompass that. Uh, and they, they felt that that, not them, but it's true. I mean, uh, Chatri Sityatong just had a thing on it as well. And he was very passionate about it. But gambling was ruining Muay Thai. Is, was ruining Muay Thai. Uh, because of the influence of judges and fights and refs, you know, there was just a little too much corruption uh, involved there. But not, not just that. I mean, we kind of know that. But let's be real. The fact that these guys can go and fight internationally against, so they get to, they get to travel against, let's be real, 99% of the time, just competition not even close to their level so they don't have to train so they barely have to work that, that night and they're gonna make so so much more money than if they would in thailand why not why you might as well go travel abroad and now camps are starting to pick up ties to go and train and teach and they don't have to work quite as hard and they're getting they're making way way more money they're living well by the way that quick statement about ties traveling and uh, just kicking everyone's ass, having easy nights. That is definitely changing, by the way. Anyway, uh, it makes sense that Thailand was kind of dying in Thailand. I mean, it's kind of its own thing. I mean, it still is. There's Thailand, and then there's outside of Thailand, right? So, uh, along with COVID, you know, obviously put a hurting on everything. And, and from... From my own backyard, my own industry, Muay Thai. I mean, in Thailand, it just it stopped gyms, which means it stopped 
bringing in money for families, for the gym itself, uh, for foreign fighters, like it, it, uh, for restaurants that are close, for uh, uh, you know, people who wash clothes, anything like that, right? That money all dried up. And uh, that's when Rajadamnarn, I guess, decided that uh, uh, they needed to move with the times and, and, and change things. And, and, you know, shout out to Chatri Sityatong, you know, one championship for really showing the way and showing that it's working. It feels weird, but we'll move, we'll talk about that. Uh, so you can see that, uh, they've obviously added all sorts of things, you know, the lights and the graphics, my goodness, that are in Rajademnar now. Uh, you know, the music, they, they, they got a legit DJ, they got dancers, they got bands, you know, they, you know, they, they, they wanted to make a point about their beautiful ring card girls. Hey, hey I, I'm not hating. I like a beautiful ring card, card girl. Uh, so, um, you know, and then things like, uh, three round fights, uh, uh, making a smaller ring as well, by the way. Uh, changing a uh, eight by eight traditional ring to a uh, six by six ring, um, so obviously less room to dance around. They got the announcer Bia Max, uh, you know, from Max Muay Thai, um, and then of course bringing in the Rajademnorm World Series. Now I got to tell you, <clears throat> I used to watch. Uh, for those who used to follow me on my personal Instagram way back in the day, I uh, I used to watch Max Muay Thai. A lot. I loved it. It had English commentary. It was like uh, Matt Lucas, uh, Rob Cox, I believe. I, I could be wrong when I said Matt Lucas, but I thought that's who it was. But anyway, uh, I feel like there's somebody else in there. Anyway, whatever. Who cares? But you know what I loved was I loved the production. I, I'm a production guy, and, and I've said this before on the podcast. And, and um, yeah, I'll talk about it later, I guess. But uh, uh. A production means something to me, right? Like, so, uh, so they had English commentary, they had the production, they had exciting fights, they had the lights, the sounds. Like, it felt, you know, it felt really high level production wise. Some of those fights were pretty wild, which I also loved. That was a big part of it. You saw some real good Muay Thai, you saw some up and comers who were popular today, and you just saw some crazy shit. I loved it all. Uh, but I, I feel like. Rajadamnarn, the new Rajadamnarn sort of has that feel. Well, and the problem, and I know I just said that a little like negatively, Nicole. What the hell, Jay? You said that's why you like Max Muay Thai. Like, very true. But I don't know. It It feels like uh, entertainment Muay Thai. I know we've talked, but it feels like the entertainment's there before the Muay Thai. And listen, I'm, 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 tiptoeing through this because I'm contem- I'm I'm arguing with myself here all- while you guys can hear me like out loud. I like, I like it. I like entertainment Muay Thai, but I love the five rounds. But listen, I, I have my issues with the whole rolling up the shorts. You know, you fight for like one and a half rounds in a five round fight with a five minute Y crew. Like, you know, I, I get it. Um, it just feels not like, you know, the Muay Thai Mecca, but that could just be me. That's for me. I still love it to death, but, uh. Maybe that's just me. I just got to get used to it. You know, the fans are louder and crazier, you know, like, anyway. So they've definitely have decided that they're going to step into, you know, they're, they're going to change. You know, if there's anything that's for sure in the world, it's change, right? So that they wanted to change. They wanted to become what I'd like to think of as a little more westernized or a little more TV friendly. So here we are. And uh, now, so the Ratchet Emerald World Series, 
I, I was like, okay, neat. Yeah, I see this rebranding. I see what they're doing. It looks neat, looks neat. But then you start seeing these highlights of like, there's going to be a, ch- uh, a tournament. And you're like, okay. And then you just start seeing, they're like, they had Satinfa, obviously, who fought Satinfa, who, who lost to Danny Rodriguez recently. Moncal Q, uh, Lamnamun Lam- uh, Lek fought. Uh, in fact, today, um, Danny Rodriguez, Yodwicha, Yotin, FA Group. Shadow Singama Win, uh, Nung Lung Lek. I'm going slow, so I don't just sound like I'm got marbles in my mouth here. Yod Kun Pon, Pet Morakot, Bokal for that, for God's sakes. Ridawada, Savas Michael, Moncal Pet, Matthias Casarino, Nabil Venamoitai, Luis Luis. Kajiba, Kahiba, I'm assuming depending on where you're from, how you pronounce that. Anyway, I just started for, for like, I don't know what the hell you just said, or I recognize two of those names. Don't worry. I'm a, if you're a super nerd, most of those names are familiar. But I, for me, it was, I'm like, what what's going on? And then you just see these guys fighting each other, like good names versus good names. And it's like, you know, a bloodbath. Like, what is happening here? So I started to look into this tournament. And uh, luckily, just this morning, I just got to get it out on my phone here, guys. Uh, just this morning, I finally found out the deal with the prelims. So, give me one sec here. I just bought a, I'm not going to lie to you, I just bought a new iPhone. I'm just trying to figure out how to work. Here we go. Here we go. So, this was, uh, I believe, 168 days ago. All right. And so, this is coming off Reddit. Uh, anyway, here we go. Um, uh, we are bringing top eight strikers around the world from each division. 126 pounds, 135 pounds, 147 pounds, 154 pounds. So that's number one. Number two, each division will be divided into two group stages, group A and group B. Number three, every fighter will fight each other in their division. So you can see that like when you think of a tournament, like you see guys lose and you go, oh, they're out of the tournament. But then they're fighting again later. And you're like, what the hell's going on? But now that I see this rule set that I just got this morning, it makes sense. Okay, so one was the weight classes. Two, uh, group A, B. Three, every fighter will fight each other in their division. Number four, top two fighters from each group stage will uh, will advance to the final in the final four round. I'm sorry, will advance to fight in the final four round. Number five, the winners from the final four round will then fight each other in the final round to earn a spot of becoming the R- the Rajadamnon RWS, Rajadamnon World Series champion. Number six, the final winner from each division will be crowned as the RWS champion and secure their spot by bringing home our legendary Rajadamnon Stadium World Series belt and a million baht. So that was for the preliminary stage, and then for the finals, it was... Uh, uh, five rounds. Every uh, final was five rounds, and uh, I believe their scoring system was like we talked about. Um, oh, the ring thing we talked about later. But give me a sec. Just getting it here. Significant strikes landed, as well as obviously. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, <clears throat> just a couple of things uh, uh, with the scoring. My my apologies, or the the rule sets for these uh, the finals, where uh, all finals are five rounds. Uh, significant strikes were obviously going to be the, the top priority. Uh, <clears throat> knockdowns, of course, uh, you know, a, a 10 count or an 8 count, I mean, um, obviously is a minus point. 
uh, open scoring system. That Now, this is totally different. So that means that everybody in the stadium, the judges, and I, I assume this has to do with gambling, everybody in the stadium could see the score, you know, who won each round uh, um, after, after, you know, after who won each round after each round. That's kind of weird to say. So, uh, you know, everybody, so after round one, everybody knows who, who got 10 points, who got nine points, right? So uh, that, was, that was different. It is different. But by the way, I hate it. Uh, the reason I hate it is uh, it, it takes away from the suspense at the end of who won or lost. And uh, I think that's like, I don't know if I had to put a percentage on it, but at least half of the fight, right, is like the decision at the end in a close fight to see who won. If, if you know who won, it's just like, oh, okay, well, just, you know, good job, Reddy. You can see up there, everybody knows you won, so off you go. Like, you know, I, I like the suspense in it. So I don't like open scoring system, but I totally understand why they would do it and why, and like in a place like Thailand. And, and, and I get it from this, you know, from the, from the coach's point of view. Well, I don't know who's winning. Well, yeah, nobody does. And, and so I get it. Now you can see who's winning, what ha- I have to get a submission or, you know, if you're talking MMA, because uh, I know they talk a lot of open scoring in there, you know, or I have to get a finish or, you know, no, no, you're way ahead, play safe. You know, like I get it. You can sort of strategically play out the round, but. I don't like that. Anyway, and then like I said, this is what I was talking about, uh, the like I said part, the 6 by 6 foot ring instead of 8 by 8 obviously to uh, to get more action going here. Um, so I, I unfortunately really only, after digging around trying to find some information, it's on like, uh, you can watch it on the Rajadamnarm Facebook page, which I had more difficulty than going to like, uh, I, I don't even remember anymore. I, again, let me check my phone. Work work print 23 uh youtube channel uh, like i think it's just a thai tv station but uh again once i finally found this information out it made it fairly easy i'll give it to you guys here just give me one sec um um i'll just keep talking here so christmas is a good time and oh shoot i'm sorry guys i uh i don't know i have it I have it in my subscription. Oh, they're WorkPoint23. WorkPoint Official. WorkPoint, it's one word. WorkPoint Official is their Instagram, I'm sorry, their YouTube channel. And uh, I, I believe that's where you can watch them live. Um, so you don't have to wait for the replays um, on YouTube. So if anything, um, now that the whole thing's over, <laughs> if you want to watch it live, now you know where to go. <laughs> All right. So real quick though, here's when I really I I uh I really wanted to sit down and watch some. So they had their finals and some uh some fights as well on December 16th, first round of the finals. Now they had uh Nung Lunglek, Jip Moing Nun, stablemate of uh Rod Tang. Uh now he fought uh Elbrus, I believe is his name, uh Venom Muay Thai. And uh uh, I'm a big fan of Nung Lung Lek. I, I think, although again, I I do think he he's on the backside of his career. Still, still a very good fighter. You know, unbelievable. Uh, and 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 fought the best of our era as well, or or just yesterday. I don't mean yesteryear. I literally mean like kind of yesterday. You know, like like maybe not the 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 Danny Rodriguez is of today, but just just before him kind of thing. Uh, but still, tip of the spirit. bad bad man and. Uh, Boy, did he get knocked out real bad by a, a spinning back elbow. Uh, these guys were just absolutely smashing the hell out of each other. That was a good fight. Uh, punching each other in the face hard, clearly looking for elbows. Uh, Elbrus 
has some pretty uh, uh, fancy moves. You know, spin kicks, uh, pretty good at that stuff. So I don't know if he comes from like a Taekwondo background or just, just good at that kind of thing. But uh, boy, Nung Lung Lek got absolutely KO'd with an elbow and like m- like really bad. So uh, obviously we hope he's okay. But uh, boy, Venom Muay Thai, they sure have made a statement as of late. Uh, next fight, I'm not sure if this was for a belt. I don't think so. I could be wrong. Yarkumpan. Sitmon Chai fighting Sajad, uh, Sajad Venom Muay Thai. And uh, I know that uh, uh, Mehdi Zatut and those people um, from Venom were pretty upset with the decision, but I I watched this one on silent mode, and I don't know. I got to be honest, it's kind of hard to score. It was really messy. It was a messy fight. So a lot of clashing. Um, yeah, it was hard to score. It wasn't as clear as... Uh, You'd like to make it look or think, or they'd have you think. Uh, Yoten, FA Group versus Pet Rung Rung. Um, I like Yoten. He, he tends to be the smaller guy in the weight class. I uh, know if you, for the most part, FA Group uh, camp is known for, you know, a Moy Cow knees. They're, they're known for sort of their clinching, their knee style fighting uh, at that camp. And that was on display. I got to be honest with you, this one did look a little strange. Like, uh, um, Yoten just kept letting Buddy walk into the clinch, but uh, Pet Rung Rung into the clinch. But I don't. I I gotta be honest. I don't. I hate to do this, but if there was ever a gentleman's agreement in the back, we'll call it. It felt like this one. Uh, Pet Rung Rung was so much taller than Yoten, and just implementing what I felt like was the just not smartest game plan and just kept going back to it, like walking into the clinch and getting his his limbs locked up like like against a guy who's shorter than you and wants the clinch you know he's backed up right on the ropes he wants you to walk in and he just kind of kept doing it like it it felt weird this fight felt a little weird to me but whatever I'm not saying nothing I don't know nothing about nothing uh so Yoten wins and he's the new Rajat Amnarn World Series champ uh, and then we had uh, Simuin fighting. Uh, he had a crazy hairdo. Uh, Shadow Singa Mawin. Shadow coming away with this one. Good back and forth tilt. It was a good close fight. Uh, and then Shadow taking this one. Uh, so he he gets to claim himself as well. A uh, shiny new belt and a million bot in his pocket. Um, yeah, so that was sort of the, the first round of the finals as far as I could really tell. And then uh, this morning, this is kind of what I really wanted to get to. This morning we had uh, Lamna Moonlek uh, fight. Now I missed this fight. I still have my kid this morning, you know, doing what he had to do. And you know, he's he's a tyrant, so he, he, there's no watching fights, breaking things down uh, when he's around. So Lamna Moonlek, I did see. I heard on the scorecards he easily won. It sounded like a like a five round shutout. Uh, unfortunately, I missed that one. I also missed the ladies' fight finals as well. The, uh, the women's final, I didn't get to catch that. But I did and could not wait to watch uh, Yadwicha Porbunsit versus Yadwicha Porbunsit versus Danny Rodriguez. So real quick, Danny Rodriguez, 24 years old, uh, from Switzerland, trains at Simbi Muay Thai right now. Uh, he's the current 154-pound Rajadamnarn Stadium champ, and like I said, the thir- uh, 13th non-tie to do so. Six foot one, 37 wins, no losses, 18 finishes. Uh, 10 and 0, maybe now 11 or 12 and 0, depending on when this was written, uh, in Rajadamnarn Stadium. 
a nine or ten and zero now versus tie opposition. That is a uh, and there was another another one too. Thirty no, that was it. Yeah, thirty seven and zero, ten and zero, nine and zero, or or somewhere in there. Pretty uh pretty crazy. Uh, Southpaw fighter himself, excellent. I mean, he he's very good everywhere. Good at scoring. Uh, yeah, just just everywhere. Good good overall good game. Uh, very good uh sort of jab lead hand edge. Good educated right hook right uh you know right jab for a southpaw. Which usually to be honest, that southpaw thing they don't usually have a jab because it's like it's like a hand fight. So uh, uh he's pretty good with that. He a lot of that game comes off that that front hand. Uh, Yarwicha, Porbun Sit, 26 years old, 5'11", 186 wins, 54 losses. And, uh, man, he's beat Sanchai. He's beat Singdem, who we talked about earlier. He's beat Nong Oh. He's beat Pet Bunchu. He was a 2012 Fighter of the Year. Uh, he's beat, uh, you know, Bobo Sacco, Jimmy Vigneault. Uh, dude, he's, he's, you know, Yarwicha was sort of, um, what I remember from him, I guess it would probably be around 2010, was there's this young kid. I'm gonna be totally honest. With you. you got you guys know that actor Tony Robbins? Uh, he just totally looks like a Thai Tony Robbins to me. <laughs> That's all I can see. But uh, uh, when he was on the up and up, uh, it was this big, scary monster kid. You know, he, he was a teenager. Him and uh, Sang Many around the same time. Uh just crushing dudes, you know, he, he's a clinch freak, you know, he, he's big, he's, he's heavy, he just wants to clinch and knee you and break you, and, uh, so when, when he kind of broke onto the scene as a tie and a teenager, you know, he came, you know, in a big way, and then when he beat Sanchai, I mean, obviously that sort of caught everyone's news, right, uh, caught everyone's eye, so, uh, now, the fight itself, so that happened this morning, uh, I, uh, man, I I don't know. Okay, here's what's... Listen, I, I, I legit have ADD, clinical. I used to say undiagnosed. Well, listen, it's actually diagnosed now, so I get to use that as an excuse. <laughs> but uh, I, I think the reason I love doing things like commentating so much... Like, when you listen to that... Uh, the uh, knockouts, fights of the year, knockouts of the year from the Muay Thai World Cup... Um, Obviously, I was the commentator for all those, and I just cannot listen to myself. I'm way too excited and just, <laughs> like, I just, oh, I make myself absolutely cringe. Uh, so, uh, I, I'm, and the reason it's like that is I'm so in the moment that I don't remember what happened 10 seconds before. I forget I'm in an arena. I forget that, like, I'm kind of doing a job, like, it's like I'm I'm allowed, I'm living in the moment, doing what I love the most, and I have permission and I'm encouraged to express the excitement that's inside of me when something happens. So when I'm in that mode, I can't remember shit about, <laughs> about what happened in the rest of the round. So I admit I'm a terrible judge. I'm a terrible judge because... I'm so living in the moment that I forget what ha- happened for the rest of the round. Now that I've said that, I thought Yarvicha won. Uh, now that I now that I gave myself a nice big pathway to escape, <laughs> I thought Yarvicha won that fight. I thought I'm not saying it was a a far and away uh, fight, but I just thought he controlled the fight better. I thought Danny Rodriguez. 
forced his points. Like if uh, Yarwicha scored a few punches and kicks, you know, some some good high scoring techniques, that Danny Rodriguez would sometimes put himself in danger or off balance to try to s- force his points back to get that back. And uh, I thought that was on display a little bit. And to be honest, uh, I thought Danny Rodriguez definitely fought the first one, but I thought that Yarwicha. Um, took a good lesson from the first one and brought it into the second fight here. I mean, I'm, obviously I'm wrong. I'm no judge, right? Like I said, I do a terrible job of it. But Yarwicha, if you look at his body compared to fight one to fight two, clearly got in good shape for this fight, man. He wanted it. And obviously talked about his mom being sick. He wanted to pay for his mom's medical bills uh, while she's sick. I have mixed feelings on Yarwicha. I hear, now I know a lot of them are like this, but I hear he was kind of a dick and like, like to beat up foreigners and, you know, like he just wasn't a nice guy. Now, he was gone for a while and recently made a comeback, and I will admit does definitely seem to be softer. Now, am I ripping on a kid who was 16, 18 years old? You know, probably. And, of course, people can change, and I shouldn't hold that view. I would definitely say that since his comeback, he seems to have matured and has, you know, grown and lost that 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 part of him. It seems to be that way. Anyway, um. And then when you hear that, you know, he, he wants to win for to help his sick mom, I guess part of me, honestly, was kind of cheering for him. Uh, when I, when I, if I'm being honest and I look back on it, part of me was kind of cheering for him. Uh, but, however, I still wanted Danny Rodriguez to win. Uh, I, I love the fairy tale that he's on right now. Uh, the, the excitement he's producing, the legends he's beating, you know, it's, it's awesome. Um, I, I really enjoy it. So... I was really torn right up until, and I I kind of thought during round one, like, Yadwicha looks really good here. Wobbled Rodriguez. Um, took his back. You know, like, I, I just I just thought that uh, he won this fight, but did not. So, and again, another split decision, by the way. So 2-0, and o, both by split decisions. Daniel Rodriguez from Simbi Muay Thai. He's a Rajadam Narn Stadium. Uh, I'm sorry, a Rajadam Narn well, stadium and World Series champion at 154 pounds. That is some fairy tale shit for a falang, you know, for for a Westerner, uh, for lack of better terms, uh, somebody outside of Thailand, you know, um, and so young still, right? So wow, congratulations! It was it was a fun fight. I really had uh, a good time. I, I got on this train a little too late, unfortunately. But listen, that's okay. It, I got I got on the train a little too late for this season, but I got on the train at the perfect time for next one because now I'm really excited for the next season. I can't wait. Really looking forward to that. Um, okay, guys, uh, just moving on. Uh, a little UFC talk. So um, recently, just since the last one we've had, and I won't break it down too much, but Jaron Cannonier fought uh, Sean Strickland last weekend. Sean Strickland, obviously, always in the news. Uh, you know, he's pretty outspoken. Um, man, he's he's a bit of a He's, he's a little boring to watch. I'm not going to lie. Tough guy, but a little boring to watch. Um, but Sean Strickland, I'm not sure if those who've been around, but he was in a, a video with a grappler with a really big belly and was com- was complaining and like uh, that he was trying to hurt his arm or like, a- anyway, you know, he's trying to, you're trying to rip my arm off, hurt my shoulder. I got a fight coming up and got pretty heated. Um well, that guy, uh, Orlando Sanchez, who, from what I understand, is quite a polarizing figure in the submission grappling world, 
uh, from what I can just, I'm not from it, so I can just say what I, I, I want here. <laughs> from what I understand, was quite uh, just kind of greasy. You know, would would bend the rules or break them and pretend he didn't know. Um, a lot of uh, PED accusations. Uh, anyway, and I li- and now listen, I am I'm not throwing any shade, but what I can tell you is he seemed to be quite controversial in uh, well MMA world, submission grappling world. Uh, unfortunately, has passed away. So th- this is just recent. Um, Orlando Sanchez has passed away. Now, along with me saying all those things, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, heavyweight, I don't know the weight classes, but it, it is my understanding that this guy was like a, a heavyweight grappling phenom. So uh, I'm under the impression that that caught the, the grappling world a little bit off. And uh, yeah, I mean, rest in peace to Orlando Sanchez. I, I, everybody, any everybody deserves to rest in peace. And um, from what I understand, just some pretty devastating news from that world. But just tying it into Sean Strickland, but go, you can go check out that video, man. It gets pretty heated. It's, it's on camera that, uh, yeah, these guys are yelling, you know, arguing with each other here, Sean Strickland and Orlando Sanchez. Uh, also on this fight card, we had, uh, Bruce Leroy, uh, I forget his name. That's what he, he called himself back in the day. Oh, Caceres, Alex Caceres. Thank you, Jason. Good job. Uh, had a sneaky little, uh, uh, wonder boy type, Tight move uh, through a overextended right hand and uh, let a nice long round round kick go uh, after it. So kind of flow in from the cross to the round kick and have a beautiful head kick knockout. And Buddy was just, you know, just couldn't tell his ass from last Tuesday for minutes. He was stumbling around. That was a good, uh, good little knockout there. Um, also, <clears throat> Patty Pimblett. Patty Pimblett has been popular lately for every reason. The diet, the haircut, the outspokenness, though, you know, his whatever, whatever, whatever. Now, obviously, he's made the news recently, and I didn't even watch the fight, I don't care, uh, where he, it sounds like, should have clearly lost a fight and won. And now everyone's like, oh, he's Dana's boy and this and that. And, you know, oh, it's because he's, you know, makes money for the UFC, whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, like, maybe, maybe. But I got to be honest, just drop that shit. It, if anything, you got to look at the judges and go, you know, like when you look at the UFC, the judging um, often is a little weird. Now, I literally just said, I'm not a judge. I've never been to a judging course. Who the hell am I to knock judges? Not going to lie. did it once. Didn't go my way. <laughs> some of you, some of you might know what I'm talking about, but, uh, um, I, I just don't understand why you would criticize a fighter who had, he, his job was just to go and fight. The decision has nothing to do with him. Oh, Dana paid these guys and those guys. Like, oh man, oh, just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> uh, there was a, a recently, uh, I did see Chael Sonnen on his, his podcast. I forget. I don't know what it's called, but who cares? He's a popular guy. But he just had, I believe it was either the head of some kind of judging thing or somebody involved and broke down the, how judging should go, especially for that Patty Pimblett fight. But I just wanted to bring that up. Don't don't knock the fighters. Their job is to go and fight. Other than that, you know, celebrate them. As far as what the decision is, wrong or right, and even if they didn't win. Uh, here, here's the thing. Here's what I learned about fighting. When, when you're a coach or a fighter, if you're if um if you have five fights and you get one not go your way, yeah, oh, I won, I won. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. 
But when you've had 30, 40, 50 fights or more, hundreds, um, there's going to be a lot of fights that you should have won that you don't. And there's going to be a lot of fights that you did win that you shouldn't have. So it, it goes both ways, right? Uh, but as far as the fighters themselves go, just uh, just celebrate them. They're out there doing their thing. And if they get an undeserved win, hey, listen, they probably are excited. They know they, they snuck one out too. But who cares? Their hand got raised. They were called the winner by the judges who were professionally trained. You know, I use that term loosely, I guess. Uh, but Because I just don't know. I have no idea who trains who, whatever. I don't know. But uh, anyway, don't don't knock the fighters for that. That's stupid. I didn't like that. Um, okay. Other than that, I've been getting a lot of people asking me just as we get to the end here. Uh, Sanchai Bokao. What's going on? This BKFC thing, it can't, it's got to be friendly. It's got to, you know, this can't be real. Um, yeah, all indications to me, at least when it was sort of announced by all the birdies that I know, let me know that this is kind of real. I'm, again, I'm only just playing Instagram math and all this stuff, you know, which we already talked about. I'm assuming the goal would be to, like, promote this as much as possible, get these guys to ding each other up a little bit with some knucks and send them on their way. Like, you know, when you look at Bokao's last fight there on the Ratchet Emerald World Series, you know, I mean, listen, he looked he looked good for a guy who's 40, you know, 41. You know, he's ripped, he's, you know, big, you know, you know he's Bokao. But, uh, you know, how many more of those? How many more of those does he want? You know what I mean? So, and, and Sanchai for that matter. I mean, Sanchai, these guys are still who they are, but, you know, you can start to see that father time is catching up. So, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, I assume this might be supposed to be one of these kind of weird exhibitions that have been flying around. I'll tell you what, I assume it's going to go like Bokao's last quote-unquote exhibition uh, in that kickboxing thing. Exhibition in the fact that maybe it's not on the scorecards or it's a catch weight or whatever, but they're still going to go. I fully assume that Bokao and Sanchai are, are maybe, if this even happens, by the way, will do a little dance and someone's going to get hit and they're not going to like it. I mean, you look at look at all the videos. You can see them sparring or going somewhere. They get tagged with something they don't like. They turn up the heat. Why would it be any different? That's my opinion. So, I kind of want to see it. Whether it happens, I don't know. Also, Venom Muay Thai. Man, we've been uh, they have been at the forefront of a lot of um, exciting stuff lately. Whether it be you'd like to say upsets, but maybe not according to them. But you know, uh, um, a lot of big fights, a lot of big titles. They've been winning a lot. The success from Venom Muay Thai um, is tri- not trivial to me, but I, I've been watching it. I've noticed, I guess, is what I'm trying to say by trivial. I've definitely noticed. Uh, man, they've got a, obviously some very good fighters over there, but yeah, you know, you kind of what, what's what's this? What's the recipe over there? What's going on? Um, a couple things I've noticed. Uh, number one, they're stable of fighters, especially international fighters, uh, are very high, very high level, and. Uh, uh, they seem to be coming with, like, there's an Uzbek guy, I think, that just, I just saw my, again, I think Rajid Emner World Series, that I think trains there, and, man, he's just got the craziest toolbox, and he can do it all. But anyway, um, like, a real sense of, 
you know, like team, community, brother, sisterhood. They seems to be very strong there. Uh, a very, very seems to be up to date strength and conditioning program. The camp itself seems to have a few bucks to throw around to make sure the training is top notch, food is not equipment, you know, all that sort of thing. Probably sponsorship, you know, their their online content. They're fighting all over the world. Uh, but I also notice if you look at like uh, Medi Medi Zatut himself, I believe he's the man steering the ship over there. Uh, that guy lives the lifestyle, and I mean like. I don't mean the fighter lifestyle or the Thai st- lifestyle, like the lifestyle of a professional athlete. His, sh- you know, his shit is the cleanest food you're ever going to see. Uh, that's That came out weird. The food he eats, the food he eats and drinks, you know, it, it's all just, you know, the, the, the best, most organic, purified, alkaline, you know, like, like everything, his, his diet, his, his regimen, it's, it's so... Man, even seeing his thing way back in the day, his uh, his alarm system, like he had an alarm every like two or three or 15 minutes for a bunch of different things. Like, I just get the feeling that if you want to be part of Venomoy Thai, you got to, you got to fall in line with what Medizatut is running over there. And he's a, you know, he's a hard man himself, right? <clears throat> and uh, I think that that's really starting to show along with, uh, uh, I think with these three round fights coming up, I think the Thai's the ties are having a hard time adjusting to rounds one, you know, round one of taking their time. And, and in, especially in the case of like Nung Lung Lek, when you look at the Rajadamnon World Series, and please go watch that fight. It was still a hell of a fight, up, to, up, up right into and including the knockout. Um, they, they get caught like momentum-wise in round one. Like they have, a, they, they, they try to treat round one as a feeler out round, but if you only have three rounds... Uh, you know, you can't do that. And they, they're on the back foot momentum-wise, defense-wise, so they're, they're trying to catch up. And, and I see a lot of the fighters from Venom Muay Thai are very good at that and just don't let them. And uh, I see that, that that's maybe where a lot of the ties falter. And by the way, I do think that's a knock-on. If there's a knock I have on the thing I love the second most outside my family, it's Muay Thai. Uh, I hate that the fights are one and a half rounds, you know, round four and kind of round five, maybe a little round three, five rounds, fight five rounds, damn it. And uh, I like the, with the way one championship is going and the way Venom, Muay Thai, their camp of fighters go. Uh, I love, I love it. And it's showing the success is really showing. So I just, uh, I've been noticing the success over there of Venom, Muay Thai and uh, man, a hell of a stable over there, especially international fighters. Um, and, Obviously, starting to take home big, big belts. So, awesome. The other thing I want to talk about, just kind of on the rumor mill. Maybe maybe you people can help me or uh, uh, <clears throat> put on my tinfoil hat for a quick sec. Naman Moy. Oh, we know that, right? The Thai oil smells good, heats up, it's oily. Yeah. I got a question for you. What does Naman Moy do? Really? Really? Does it really, is it, let me tell you what it is to me. If my muscles are sore, uh, it feels good. It's it's oil, and therefore you kind of get a massage, a non-friction, right? Not tearing out your leg hair or whatever, arm hair, or whatever hair. Uh, and you get a massage, you know, for, for muscles. And then it heats up, I guess, right? Well, not I guess, it definitely heats up. But... Okay, so I get an oil massage and a part that needs a massage, 
and then uh, um, and it smells good, and it heats up. Okay, well, can't anything do that? Like, what? What? I haven't looked at this at all, but if that's okay, I mean, maybe. But here's what, before I get into what it might be, let me tell you what it is for me. So obviously it's a, it's a massage, right? It feels, it's a nice massage with an oil. So there's no friction and you know, you can, you can kind of dig in some, some troublesome muscles. Smells nice, gets warm. Uh, the other thing it is for me is when I smell Nam Man Moy Thai oil, uh, I smell fighting. I associate that smell with fighting. So is it useless? Not for me. Nam, Thai oil is not useless for me. And obviously, I mean, it's huge. It's everywhere. Um, I get put in a mode. They say they say uh, your sense of smell is closest tied to, like, memory. So when I smell Thai oil, Nam Moy, I always tell people, I smell fighting. I smell fighting. I, I, I associate that with whether it be... Uh, well, to be honest, if I had to take you to a memory, it's Century... Yeah, Century Casino? Century Casino... Journey Fight Series, shout out to Team Smanich, Trevor Smanich and, and that team. When you walk in that arena and uh, you would smell the Thai oil, and, you, know, you know, Chris was often the main event. And so the, the, the oil was already well and thick in the air, you know, by the time you generally got there. So when I think of Nam Moy, Nam Moy to me raises a little bit of hair on my neck and a bit of adrenaline, like it means fight. So it does mean something to me in my life. But this oil, this oil that you put on your muscles to rub out and heat up, and I've, I've heard people say, oh, it takes the slap away in the ring. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't buy that. I ain't buying that. I guess what I really want to know is what, what's it for? Does it really do anything? It's, they make a hell of a lot of money. It's, it's clearly used. Look, I mean, it smells nice. Like I said, I like it. I, when I hit that smell, it, it takes me to fighting. I love a massage. I, I love that, that, you know, that, that menthol-y wintergreen smell. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Um, you know, I, I love that it heats up, but what, what, what does heating up do? So I just am curious. Is Nemem Moya placebo? Is Thai oil a placebo? And it, listen, if a placebo works, it works. Don't get me wrong. But, uh. What do you think? On that same subject. And again, this I'm no doctor. I haven't put any research into that. I know nothing, but I haven't heard it explained either. The pushing, you, you know, you see a lot of uh, uh, coaches, they, they push from the top of the stomach and they push their fighter's stomach down. You know, like they, they push in at the top of the stomach and they, they continue pressure and push all the way down below their belly button. What's that for? What do I hear? Uh, it uh, pushes down adrenaline and... Uh, is that true? <laughs> Does it help? Yeah, it kind of helps me when I needed it. It did help. Is it just that your stomach is in knots? Like the muscles are so tight it just helps? I don't know. I don't know. Um, is it a placebo? Again, if a placebo works, a placebo works. Who cares? Um, I don't know. But uh, there's, uh, I guess, my questions out to my uh, my friends and uh, family and uh, fans out there. Nam Man Moy, uh, Thai oil, and like that pushing of the stomach, are there any actual scientific benefits to this besides a massage? Um, or is it a placebo? Either way, or you just like the smell, or you like getting your stomach pushed. I don't care. I'm just curious. I, I, uh, I'm not sure either way, but I'm curious.
Okay, I'll leave that alone. Maybe somebody out there will send me some article or yell at me or something. Oh, give me one sec. Sorry, guys, just the mailman dropping off mail. Um, okay, guys, so there's my sort of fun little topics, things I think about in my head. Uh, okay, student shout-out, guys. Student shout-out for this podcast. I want to give a shout-out to um, uh, to my student. I think I've done it before, too. Rabnor, my little tiny tiger. Uh, just love his great attitude. Uh, he kept telling me he's ready. We, we use little testing. You know, testing is great for kids. You know, whatever you use, kids love tests. So we follow a color system very much like, you know, in the, the North American way of karate. Uh, what karate's known for, orange belt, blah, blah, blah. We don't do belts, but we follow the color system. So anyway, he's, what, six, seven years old, and uh, he told me he was ready. I'm ready for orange. I'm ready. And I'm like, ah, you're not ready, kid. You're not. I am, I am. And all right, get over here. Show me. And I pulled him off. I made a big deal out of it. Come here. You and me only. That's it. You got to show me only and in front of all these people. Uh, you tell me you're ready, you better show me. And uh, he nailed it. He killed it. And uh, you could, I, I, I should have, you could tell on the other end of it, you could tell in his attitude, man, I'm ready, I'm ready. And uh, class of flying colors. That's a great attitude. I love that kid. Love having him in class. He's fun. Rabnor, congrats, buddy. You're the student, last student. No, you're not. Student of the podcast of the year. That's not right. Student of the podcast. Congrats. Um, rapid shout outs. I want to give a rapid shout out, of course, to Turkey and Pistols. Rob at Turkey and Pistols out in Brad Creek. Uh, he's big into like old school music, into apparel. Um, and he's a big reason for the online success that's happening with uh, the Shadow Podcast. I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm leaning on Rob real hard. Rob, I love you, buddy. Big shout-out to you. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Justin Parsons. Uh, obviously, he's been he's a friend of the show. He's been on here before. Uh, fought Michael Fitzpatrick. Um, lost for a Canadian title fight. Uh, he beat Zach Many Wounds. You know, so he's been on the Muay Thai World Cup. He's been on the scene for decades. But... Uh, I just want to thank you. Shout out to you, man, for taking the time out during the holiday season to think of myself, uh, my wife, and my son, obviously for the cigar, the wine, and the candy. Uh, stuff like that goes a long way with me, man. So I just want you to, I just want to thank you for taking the time out and thinking of my family during the holiday season. Thank you, sir. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Peak Health and Performance in Calgary here. Uh, I am Humpty Dumpty, just, you know, I, I'm 40 years old. I, I'm trying to be a 15-year-old. I'm still trying to do flips and kicks and all this crap, and I always hurt myself, and uh, I don't learn. And uh, I want to thank them for putting me back together often and quite often on call instead of booking appointments. So uh, Peak Health and Performance in, uh, on Elbow, I appreciate it. appreciate you guys. Uh, I want to thank all my students, my karate and Muay Thai students who brought gifts for Christmas. There was a lot of them, and I really appreciate that. And the reality is I'm doing less teaching now than I ever have. And uh, I got a lot of gifts. I I really, again, thank you for taking the time out to think of myself and my family during the holiday season. Uh, I've said it before on the podcast, I'm a feelings guy. So this, uh, you know, this hits home. I I, I really thank you guys very much for that. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Rum and Eggnog. I, 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 I don't drink very often. And, uh... Rum or eggnog. <laughs> uh, but when you put those things together around the Christmas season, listen, that's that's world champ status right there. I I, I can only have like two, my God, maybe even one. Eggnog's pretty, uh, pretty heavy. But it, I can't drink regular eggnog. It's got to have rum. Rum and eggnog, my goodness. Love it. 
Um, I want to give a shout out to old school Arashido Martial Arts student alumni, Gabby, Gabor. Uh, thank you very much for the gifts, buddy, over Christmas. I hope you're enjoying your uh, um, Christmas vacation down in Mexico. Uh, my dad, I want to give a shout out to my dad, you know, who obviously helped me out. I made a big deal of that in Mexico and I still can't thank him enough, but, uh, just shout out to my dad recovering from, uh, reconstructive knee surgery over the Christmas season here. Just, uh, doing his thing, doing what he can. Uh, you know, while everyone's out shopping and stuff, he gets to stay home and hang out. So just shout out to you, dad. Um, I want to give a shout out. I do know who this is, by the way. I don't know if they listen, but I want to give a shout out to the very first person who brought a shirt, bought a shirt off the website, shoutoutpodcast.com. I know who you are. Thank you very much. I'm not sure if you listen, but uh, I got another shirt coming your way and I'll see you in a few days. There's my hint. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank my staff, uh, everybody from Chris, Sets, JP, Aiden, Ty, Aya, Brett, Mari, Carolee, uh, my, my business partner, obviously Mike, who's been on the podcast as well. Uh, I don't want to forget anybody. Devin. I'm sorry, Devin. <laughs> sorry, buddy. <laughs> You've been with me since you're four. And I forgot you. And now you're like 16. I'm kidding. Like 22. Uh, all you guys listen, uh, this gym is an anthill and I've had to step back from teaching because I, I can't do all the teaching and control the anthill. And I very I have some very capable people who I knew could do it, but my ego wouldn't let me do it. And so now I've come off the mat and let them step on the mat. I can see that they are really goddamn good at their job. And I thank you guys for just doing a phenomenal job while I try to control the anthill. Thank you so much. You guys are really making my job, my life I don't want to say easier, let's say less difficult than it has to be, that's for sure. Um, and you guys are just the best team. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everything. Uh, and, of course, my gym itself, Arashido Martial Arts, Deerfoot North. Uh, God damn it, I love this place. This is, this is my heart and soul, this place. So uh, shout out to my gym. Okay, guys, uh, we're not done for the year, I don't think. I don't think we're done for the year. I'm going to try to have uh, Derek... Uh, Derek Jolivet and Tim Lowe on the podcast. I'm going to try to have Abdul Wafar on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to try to do my top 10. I'm going to try to really put some, put some research into this. My top 10 favorite fighting games of all time. And, uh, if I have the time, so again, time, 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 right? The time to do a year end show, my, my favorite moments of the year. Uh, break them down. My favorite moments, obviously most of it's going to be around kickboxing, Muay Thai and the people involved in it, which are you guys. So thank you very much, guys. We're not done quite for the, for this year. So while you get drunk and have some time off, or maybe you're in the office by yourself, I'm going to do my best to give you some content to make that day go a little bit quicker. All right, guys. Thank you very much. It was a good long one, but apparently I had lots to talk about. Hey, eh? <laughs> all right, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. Merry Christmas. If you don't celebrate, just enjoy this season. Everybody enjoy. Put a smile on your face and just enjoy. We'll see you around the corner.